image and see how you can just uh, divide this system and how much is being uh, impacted by the sensory input. This is all the sensory input that you are going to have from voices, from traffic, from music, from your cell phone, and all of that sensory um, stimuli are going to be um, buffered and concentrated, and they are going to pass through this system of networks that is now the top-down uh, method. So this is being fed by the episodic and semantic memory. So all your stored memories, your knowledge, your skills, then the things that you leave, the things that... Welcome everyone to our episode 65 of our section, Drops of Wisdom. In today's Wednesday, we are going to talk about the book Focus by Daniel Goldman. And we are going to discuss the topic of concentration and focus and how do you achieve this uh, sense of flowing and deepening your knowledge about any kind of topic that you want and why we have to um, switch our minds into a balance of two systems that are extremely important. One that goes from bottom up and the other one from top to bottom. Um, we are going to figure out what are the difference, how to manage those two systems and how to um, make your energy count for any kind of topic that you want. So we are made of this flexible networking fabric that is made of complex interactions that sustain our mental health. Also, we have a bottom-up or impulsive automatic response and we have a top-down or reflection learning system that allow us to have a balance of energy and endure sustained periods of focus with some automatic behaviors to relax. So that's the key factor that we will have to take into account in order to have much more attention on any kind of topic. So let's summarize this book in 10 key ideas. One is attention is essential for high performance. If you really want to be productive, if you really want to increase your ability to focus your attention in a world that is completely filled with distraction is crucial for your high performance and productivity and it will help you to achieve goals and stay productive. So the more you uh, control your attention and make blocks of time, that's one of the strategies, the easier it's going to be for your attention to stand, to have stamina and to regulate your function of learning. Number two, constant urge to check devices. This is something that sometimes it is more common in the uh, in younger people, but still it's everywhere uh, across the age. The constant, this constant urge, the text and the book highlights that 
we have a constant uh, anxiety to check emails, to check the phone, notifications. Worse if you are checking social media, because that is going to hook you into more time of distraction and it's going to uh, increase your dopamine. And that's going to be the next hook of addiction when it is not necessary. So this compulsive behavior can disrupt completely your focus and the productivity that you are having. Number three, selective attention is strengthening your focus. Strengthening this selective attention allows us to better ignore certain external distractions or noise. And this is exemplified by journalists at the New York Times who can work in noisy environments. And you can also test run this um, system if you go to a cafe or if you are in your office and there is a lot of chatting, a lot of distractions, and you try to make blocks of time and try to manage your attention to be controlled into one single topic. Number four, distractions diminish learning and creativity. Constant distractions not only waste time, but also reduce the ability to immerse oneself in a subject, to go deeper into that subject and to hindering learning and creativity, to make it more difficult to learn the topic, to have creative ideas, to start um, rationalizing more the information. Number five, the impact of internet addiction. This is also something that can happen or it is statistically happening more in younger people, but we have the same in any kind of age. It is recognized that it's a significant health problem in many Asian countries, for example, underlying the negative consequences of this constant distraction, this addiction to either go into the social uh, platforms or have multiple windows that are going to make it more difficult to concentrate your attention into one single topic. So my recommendation is just to open the window that you are having, um, that you are working with, or the the one that has the information that you need and try to close as much as possible the other ones, unless you need to access something in any other window. So now let's distinguish, this is a key idea number six, the top down and the bottom minds. What is the difference? The attention involves a push-pull process between those two. So the top down mind is the reflection and learning. Again, the top-down mind is reflection and learning. The bottom-up mind is automatic and impulsive. And if you relate this with the way your brain works, makes more sense because this is the prefrontal prefrontal cortex or the neocortex. It's in the top part of your brain. When you work from the top to down, it's reflection and learning. When you are going from the more primitive mind to the top, it's more automatic and impulsive. So it is passing through your emotions and it is more reactive, impulsive. 
Effective focus requires a balance of both. So you can have periods of concentration and then you relax and you can check something, but try not to check social media because you are going to lose more than the span of time that you um, dictate to require. So just be aware of those two differences of those two things because you really are going to suffer your uh, your attention if you are distracting yourself with the kind of social media platforms. Number seven, active attention enhances learning. Actively maintaining attention helps in learning new skills and improving performance in contrast to the myth of passive repetition for mastery. So it's not about the number of repetitions of something that can be very passive and just trying to read and read and, re and recite the information. It's much better if you engage more of your uh, senses, if you make a kinesthetic exercise to really learn the information and to really access your whole um, power. For example, synthesizing information that is going to help you to understand the topic, to even memorize the topic works really, really well. More if you do it by hand, if you, in a notebook, write a summary of certain ideas. And that's what I did in summarizing this book, uh, getting 10 ideas that are the most important. It's going to really expand your learning and your creativity. And if you even explain the topic to someone else or try to teach it to someone else, that is going to increase even higher the amount of learning that you are going to have. So number eight, open awareness and creativity. Open awareness, allowing the mind to wander at certain periods of time and balancing is valuable for creative breakthroughs. It enables serendipitous insights and it is useful for imagining future scenarios and organizing memories. So this is extremely important because when you are giving yourself time to relax and you, for example, uh, switch between periods of concentration and you go for a walk or you do a routine of exercise or um, you do something that just relaxes your mind into something automatic, for example, washing the dishes, it's going to help you to organize much better the memories, the scenarios, and the future learning that you are going to have. And it will increase the power of pulling ideas that are going to be extremely helpful. Number nine, willpower and self-control. Strong willpower has been proven that is developed over time and plays a significant role in achieving goals. Children in, a, in the famous study of the marshmallows are uh, were followed for 30 years, and the ones that controlled themselves of eating these marshmallows that were put in a table, the experiment was that, that they had marshmallows in, uh, on the table, and they leave the children there, and they just told them that they have to be there for one hour or a certain period of time. And the ones that control themselves more, those are the ones that have much better 
successful lives in the future. So this is an experiment. This is the science. There were a lot of, uh, well, there were a good amount of children that were followed. And we know that our willpower is extremely helpful to achieve goals. Number 10, empathy in leadership. If you are a leader, even if of your own life and your family, empathy is extremely important, both cognitive and emotional. And it is essential to be a good leader. Leaders who are empathetic can build strong teams and inspire others. Why? Because they understand more that we are humans, that sometimes we need time to be with family or we are not in our best day and we can um, account for for that time in other moment or the next day and that you can work more for objectives and not the time that you are um, being demanded by. So how can I, how can we even summarize these 10 ideas into just two phrases that are going to be extremely helpful? The number one is the distractions that engulf us, not only threaten to waste our time and reduce our productivity, they also diminish the ability to immerse ourselves in a subject, reducing our chances of reaching a state of flow and thus learning and recovering new things. So if you really want to learn something, master some topic, pay attention and construct an environment that is shielded uh, for distractions. So number two, the second phrase is people tend to focus on what is happening in their immediate environment and to plan only for the near future, for the next six months, for the next month, for the next year in the best case scenario. But the problem with this approach is that they neglect to deal with distant threats which might have a significant impact in the long run. So they don't worry about their health. For example, they know that, I don't know, randomly your body is going to react well under stress or under a very poor diet or under a sedentary lifestyle, but that's not the case. And eventually when you get older, you are going to pay the consequences. That's why it's extremely important to pay attention to the future, to the um, long run, so that you can plan how do you want to retire? What kind of life do you want? What can you do? What other skills can you start building so that you can find another type of uh, activity, even if you don't need the income? What is the financial financial wellness that you want for for your future, all of those questions, all of those things, you have to think about them so that you are not dependent on other people. So how can we better understand this with something that is going to help you create a much better um, 
visual image of what I'm explaining. And that's the purpose of this topic, of course, to have a lot more power to understand these topics. So let's see what happens with this top-down, um, bottom-up attention. Look at this uh, image and see how you can just uh, divide this system and how much is being uh, impacted by the sensory input. This is all the sensory input that you are going to have from voices, from traffic, from music, from your cell phone, and all of that sensory um, stimuli are going to be um, buffered and concentrated, and they are going to pass through this system of networks that is now the top-down uh, method. So this is being fed by the episodic and semantic memory. So all your stored memories, your knowledge, your skills, then the things that you leave, the things that you read, the things that you uh, even created in presentations or whatever it is, the, the function or the document that you created, linguistic and semantic knowledge, so all of the narrative that you constructed to explain a certain topic. And then we go to the visual image. Everything that you saw, that you assist to a conference, that you watch in a movie or in a documentary or in a TED talk or whatever the kind of uh, tutorial, for example, that you learn from, perceptual memory, so what you understood, and how you interpret the information and your habits and motor skills. So what are you doing for the learning process? All of those things are going to construct the verbal rehearsal, so your narrative and your visual spatial sketchpad or your, um, let's say, your cheating uh, draft that you are going to create. So. All of this framework works from your central executive um, system that is going to create a working storage space of the memory. And that can have this top-down voluntary attention and avoid these, these kind of distractions that we have from the sensory system. And in the other side, we are going to... Um, concentrate everything here in the working storage and create an action plan, create milestones, create objectives, create presentations, create masterclasses, these kind of videos, for example, and get a response from what we are learning and from where we were paying attention to. So these are the two systems. That's how it, wor how it works. And you can improve it more if you really make blocks of time. Now, what else can we do with this? Let's see how the, this system is working constantly and switching. The top-down cognitive regulation goes to a control system of learning. And the bottom-up is controlled primarily by emotions. 
is more reactive, has raw effects, deeply are subcortical, they are more in the instinct part, in the primitive side of the brain, and it's going up, but it's going to create the instinctual influences. So it's sometimes it can be also um, influenced by your intention, but it's more your instinct and your uh, reaction of the things. The secondary process of learning that we are going now up, it's constructed by the basal ganglia and the upper limbic system. So still you are in your emotional system. You are creating rumination and thoughts and and thoughts, sorry, and you are creating learned influences. So the kind of thoughts and the kind of repetitive information that you want to create, it's going to be much better if you filter some of these processes with the help of the top-down regulation. And Finally, you will arrive to you will arrive to the tertiary process of cognition that is largely encompassed by the neocortical or the neocortex or the prefrontal cortex of your brain. And with that, you are going to be able to consolidate the information and to create a much more sustainable learning process. And you're going to be able to either teach, explain, or train people on the topic that you are preparing for. And finally, this is a very visual image of what happens when you are distracted or your environment is destructive. You have no um, voluntary effort or control, willpower to pay attention to the thing that you want to uh, learn and the thing that you want to advance, the thing that you want to create. And you are constantly being distracted either by noises, notifications, or windows. And I can compare this with a a person that is um, having his computer or her computer and has multiple windows and they don't they are not able to control the attention because they know that just right beside the window that they are working with they have the social platform so once the willpower is not enough you are going to get directed to the distraction and that's it you will you won't be able to enter the flow state You won't be able to create a very productive learning process and you will take more time to uh, finish the work. And that's what happens with, I dare to say that more than 90% of the people that are in an office works like this with several distractions, with several um, stimuli that they can't control. And that's why they need eight hours, 10, and they do sometimes, many times, a very poor job. That's the big, big problem of companies and many, many 
pseudo leaders, let's say, that they don't know how to adjust time to just block and go into this flow state. You don't have distractions. You are paying attention to one thing and you can even erase these two distractions that are just signal there or that they are represented there by, by the stars by just creating an environment that blocks your time. Go into a, another room where there are no so much noise or people. Put some um, earplugs or headphones so that you can isolate yourself from the noise and use music that also allows you to concentrate your attention. So these are the strategies that I think are the most important for your attention. And the more you uh, repeat these kind of behaviors, the more you create habits to work in an environment that is more driven to give you attention, the easier your work will be the less time you will need to move forward and the better you are going to learn the topics and to master anything that you are willing to um, have a skill for. So thank you very much for your attention. I hope that you have enjoyed this uh, explanation, this review of the book. And remember to leave comments, to leave your opinion, to just share this information with more people because I know that it is extremely important for everyone to know how to hack your attention and just concentrate in what you want. Thank you. And we will listen to each other on our next episode. Bye.